You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. You're listening to DolphinsTalk.com Daily, the most listened to daily Miami Dolphins podcast on the internet. Come on, Dolphins fans. Time to fins up. Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the Good evening, Miami Dolphins fans. How are you today? And thank you for listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast on this Wednesday, November the 29th. I am your host, Michael Leva, joined as always by our 2020 Miami Dolphins Fan of the Year, Biggie Ian Berger. Ian, how are you doing tonight? We are at eight and three, Mike. I am fantastic right now. Fan freaking tastic right now. And I'm looking forward yeah. to our show tonight. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Yeah, man. we're going to have a fun show. We have a lot to talk about on tonight's show. Talk about the Jets game, the Jalen Phillips. We got hard knocks. We got this Washington game coming up. So we have so, so much. But before we get to any of that, as always, a big shout out to everyone listening at finheaven.com. Everyone go to finheaven.com, the largest Miami Dolphins message board on the internet. Also, a shout out to our friends at the I Am and Miami Dolphins fan Facebook group and by the great and talented Carlos Hernandez. If you're on Facebook, please be sure you are part of the I Am and Miami Dolphins fan Facebook group. Also, wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether Apple Podcast, Spotify, Podbean, YouTube, Google Play, Audible, or any of the other of like the hundreds and hundreds of platforms, be sure to subscribe because we have shows up each and every day of the week. Some days we got multiple shows and you're not going to want to miss an episode on this special season. Like Ian said, right in three. Also, if you go to our Apple podcast page and leave us a five-star rating and a positive keywords, positive review, we will read it out of the air and give you a shout out. And since our last show, Ian, we do have one to read out. This is from Dollfan132007. Great show. Thank you. As a kid in upstate New York, before the internet, I would scour every sports section um, in the newspaper and every sports magazine just for a tiny mention of my beloved Dolphins. To have a daily Dolphins podcast is a dream for that kid. Thank you, Mike, for the terrific content. Dolphin132007, thank you. And again, if you leave a five-star rating positive comment, we will read it out on any show. Maybe it'll be with me and Ian. Maybe it'll be on our post-game show. But we will give you a shout-out for everything you leave. Also, us here at DolphinsTalk.com, us here, I don't know if that's even a thing to say. We here at DolphinsTalk.com are this holiday season are teaming up with the Toys for Tots program and Feeding South Florida because during the holiday season, no child should go without a toy and no family should go hungry. So we have, um, I've tweeted out the link again today. I think Ian's also going to send out a retweet if he hasn't already. Um, there's links. We don't see the money. It goes straight to them. We're not going to touch it. And there's links. If you can give even a dollar, anything you can give to the Toys for Tots program and Feeding South Florida, it's great. And if you give to both and send me proof, I'll give you a shout out on the air. Or if you just want to give and you're not looking for recognition, that's awesome. That's really all what we're looking for. So, Ian, before we get to the Dolphins talk, I have to address something. Because Tuesday morning I woke up and I sit down to my computer with my little hot cocoa, get ready for a busy day at work. And, you know, I get a tweet from a corporation that's not very happy with the tweet I put up on Monday. So, you know, this might call even for, this might not be a full rant, but it qualifies as a mini rant. So 
And now it's time for another one of Mike's Rants. Okay, here's the deal. College bowl season is just around the corner. It's upon us. And the Camping World Bowl is great people. Um, Marcus Limonis, they found a new sponsor, and they are now the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Now, who doesn't love Pop-Tarts? Pop-Tarts are great. I think it's the greatest bowl tie-in sponsor ever, Pop-Tarts Bowl. And because there's a lot of other bowls out there with weird sponsorships. You know, you got the Barstool Bowl, which is love the people at Barstool, but, you know, you got weird ones. And the weirdest of them all is the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Mayonnaise <laughs> sponsors a bowl. So when I saw there's a Pop-Tarts Bowl, you know, Ian, I like to make jokes every now and then. They're tongue-in-cheek. They're not really serious. I go, Pop-Tart Bowl greater than Duke's Mayo Bowl. Well, boy, did the people who run the Duke's Mayo social media account not appreciate that. They went nuts. And they were like, who are you? I didn't know dolphins could talk. Taking the dolphins literally, not knowing it's a Miami Dolphins. Oh, ba 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 Duke's Mayo, here's the deal. And the, and the lineup of mayonnaise, you're at least third and you're probably fourth. Hellman's is better than Duke's Mayo. Kraft is better than Duke's Mayo. Maybe you're above Miracle Whip. I'm not even sure what Miracle Whip actually is at the end of the day. So you're no better than third and you might be fourth. And I'm sorry. Some things in life are not debatable. Pop-Tarts are better than mayonnaise. Would you agree, Ian? Oh, no no question. And okay. never have I ever heard someone say they want mayonnaise on Pop-Tarts either. No, just not, not at all. So to the people at Duke's Mayo, it was a joke. Have a sense of humor. and You got a nice little bowl game, and you're going to play a little bowl game and have fun at the bowl game. And every year after the bowl game, the coach of the winning team sits down, and they dump mayo on them. It's a gross sight that everyone laughs at because it it's goes, funny. It trends on Twitter. Yeah, it trends. It tre- that's why they do it. So God bless you. But here's the deal. The Pop-Tart Bowl is going to be better. It's higher on the pecking order. It's going to get better teams. And if I'm a 19, 20-year-old kid after a bowl game, give me some damn Pop-Tarts. I don't want don't some give me mayo. mayo. I don't want and free samples the, of mayo. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and when they send home the kids with their swag bag, they're going to want to eat Pop-Tarts on the plane, not open a jar of mayo. So no offense, Duke Mayo, but let's call it what it is. You're at least third on the pecking order. Of mayonnaise is Hellman's one, craft two. I'll put your head in Miracle Whip because I'm a nice guy. But as the kids say, sorry, not sorry, Pop Tarts are better. So I wanted to get that off my chest. And if you want to keep going, people at Duke's Mayo, as Ian knows, I will never back down from a fight. <laughs> I, that's great. That's awesome. And actually, for some reason, this memory came up in my mind about 20, 25 years ago. My dad and I went to a Weird Al Yankovic concert. He's the man in Sunrise. They they and they did not give away mayonnaise, but they did give away Pepto Bismol samples. Really, <laughs> that's that weird. Was what the giveaway was vintage at his concert. vintage Weird Al. That's awesome. It's, that's actually awesome. I know Josh from our website actually went to a Weird Al concert. I want to say a year ago. I don't know if he got uh he got the Pepto, but um that's I know awesome. he went like a year ago to a show. Yeah, so Weird Al's the man. But uh yeah, so let's uh, let's get into some Dolphins football. We'll talk about the game against the Jets, but there's a bigger story coming out of that game, which is um, the loss of Jalen Phillips for the season, Achilles injury. Um, Ian, I'll let you go first on the, you know, not so much the game. We'll talk about that next, but the loss of Jalen Phillips and what we saw in hard knocks on Tuesday evening, which was, um, there's a lot to unpack there, but what are your thoughts on the injury and what we saw on hard knocks surrounding that injury? Well, it was, it it was devastating for him. Um, You know, 
he had gotten himself into such amazing shape this year. You know, he had been battling some injuries and, and he was back from those injuries and he was looking truly amazing. And remember too, prior to the preseason, I, I expected him to be the breakout player for the Miami Dolphins this year. He was the one I picked and that's just because he was in such great shape. His skills were there. He was going to have a great coach that would be able to help him through, you know, being successful and and then you see him on the field and and as soon as they showed the replay on TV and it was non-contact you just you just knew and you just felt for him and as you said watching hard knocks i i, I was watching hard knocks and then they were spotlighting jalen and it just made me feel more and more uncomfortable during the entire episode and it kind of made me feel like watching kind of titanic because yes. you knew you knew what the ending was going to be. You knew the tragedy that was involved with that. But, you know, you were watching all of this greatness up until that point and, and fun and love and just everything and passion that uh, that he brought. And he was, a you know, he's still going to be a leader. I think he's going to be included in as much as he can possibly be included in uh, with this team for this season and next season as, as well when he gets healthy. Um, but it was just it was devastating. And to watch it again and then the part that i think got me the part that i got think got so many other people was when he's sitting there on the ground talking about how he felt you know and everybody always says it feels like somebody kicked you in the back and he turned around and nobody was back there and then coach mcdaniel comes over and he just breaks down crying and that was that just hit at my heartstrings and that was just very hard to watch because you just know he realized at that moment that this 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 would end his season and all this greatness all this great work that he put into it is is not going to be used this season now he said it they closed the episode with you know him for those of you that haven't seen it already i apologize it's a spoiler alert you know they they ended the episode with him going into the room and him talking about how he's battled adversity before and he's going to come back even better and um it just he's got a long road ahead of him. And the coach was very, very serious and very straightforward about that. But if there's anybody that can come back and be successful and, and get get themselves right, I think Jalen is that guy. So prayers to him. Hopefully, I know surgery went well today from social media posts, um, but I know that there's a lot of work that he's going to have to do. Yeah. And watching that show, like you said, you said Titanic. Um, the one I was sort of thinking about are those movies they made after 9-11 where they showed what happened that morning on the planes. And you're watching, to me, those are almost impossible to watch because I know they're actors in that, but it's like, which also in Titanic actors, I get it, but it's like, oh my God, because you know how it's going to end. It's like, good Lord. It's just that it's, it's tough to watch, but I want to give HBO credit. That was because fans, I think of the NFL view players almost like trading cards, almost like commodities. They don't see them as people. They just see them. This guy stinks. Screw him. This guy's good. I like you. Very black and white. Very two-dimensional, not three or four-dimensional. And that showed the human side of football like I've never really seen before. So the next time you're on social media and you're cursing out a player for chasing the money, Delvin Cook, can you believe that idiot chasing the money? This is why you chase the money. Because it takes one play, you might never be the same again. This is why Byron Jones last year, everyone cursing out Byron Jones. You think Byron Jones wanted to retire? Come on, man. Everyone's, oh, he faked an injury. Oh, he put off surgery. No, 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 no. Stuff happens that's out of their control. There's a human side 
So the next time you run to social media to badmouth the player or bad, can you believe so-and-so is not going to be here? And it, I'm telling you right now, I don't know how it's going to play out if Christian Wilkins this offseason has to leave because Miami can't pay him what other teams will pay him. Don't badmouth. Can you believe Christian Wilkins is chasing the money? Yeah, I can. This is why. This is why they do it. They have a very small window to make as much as you can. Jalen Phillips has been through hell in his career with concussions, medically retired, left you, you know, nowadays people leave colleges and move around all the time. When he did it, not so often, left UCLA, went to University of Miami. So, you, you know, I think it was hit by a car at one point. I mean, he's gone through hell and he yes. gets to the point where he is ascending to the top of his NFL career. And now this happens. This isn't a damn video game and they ain't robots. We can all sit here and hope and pray he comes back to what he is, but there's a chance he might not never be that guy again. So that's why he's crying on the field. That's why he knows the not just the long road ahead, not what he's just going to miss out on this year with his team that has a chance to make a deep run, knowing his NFL career might never be the same. He might not get the bag. He might not get that life-changing money. Sure, and that and that's a big part of this. You only have so many years as a player. You only have so much um, time to cash in. And, you know, we hope he comes back totally – Science has improved in this aspect. When Marino had this type of injury, it crippled him. Um, but there's a lot of guys who've had injuries, not just Achilles injuries, who've had injuries that, like, I don't want to say ended their career, but kind of for all intents and purposes, took him from superstar level to just a guy level. Let's hope that's not the case here. Let's pray that he does everything and everything goes as well for him as well as possible, and he does come back to be a superstar. But also, no, it might not happen. And what we saw in that field, what we saw in Hard Knocks last night, that's real life. So the next time you run on social media and start bad-mouthing players, oh, my God, he chased the money. Yeah, of course he's chasing the money. Of course he is because it's important because it can happen to anybody, anytime, anywhere. And it's almost shocking, Ian, with all the games that are played. And every week for 17 weeks, they keep adding games. You don't see more of this happening. You know, everyone's complaining about the field of my life. And, yeah, it sucks and turf, grass versus turf and all that stuff, which is a whole different conversation. It's almost surprising we don't see more season-ending injuries. It's almost more surprising we don't see more Achilles injuries like that with all the players, with all the snaps and all the games. Um, it's just very unfortunate, but I, I want to give HBO credit. I thought they presented the human side of this and opened, I hope, some fans' eyes to the, you know what, that was tough to watch, and maybe the way I talk about players and treat players and sort of act around players on social media and stuff like that, yeah, maybe I should maybe adjust – my thinking and how I behave. Well, and and I think that's what we hope, but we know sometimes social media happen. gets the worst out of people. But with that said too, Mike, I think what's important, and you're right, HBO did a phenomenal job of introducing Jalen to people who may not have followed the Miami Dolphins before either. You know, so you got a chance to see him behind the scenes, him being the leader, you know, him being a friend. I mean, him talking about his favorite, favorite pet, cat i mean just a gentle yeah. side mister of a mister, giant right? yeah exactly yeah. and he was wearing i think he had even had a t-shirt with his cat a yes, picture did. like that's the kind of guy he is and and you know and again i think there's going to be a lot of people rooting for for his health and for him to get back and i don't think that they're all going to be miami dolphins fans i think you know if something were to happen to a player in seattle I probably wouldn't know all the details of that person. Yeah. I probably wouldn't know their background, how hard they worked, even though we know as an NFL player, you have to be a hard worker to get to get to this level. But all these other pieces that we were able to kind of peel that onion back and see more of him. I, I 
I did like that part, but the more I learned about him, the more heartbreaking it was for me. And I think that that's kind of where a lot of Miami Dolphins fans are today. Yeah, and say what you want about someone like Aaron Rodgers, and I'll probably before the show ends, I'll probably crack some jokes, you know, like jokes again, folks, um, about him. But you know, for him to try and reach out to because he even said when he was out with Pat McAfee this week, you know, after I saw the injury, I kind of knew what it was. I gave him a look and, and was like, I understand, and he got a look back from Phillips, like. Oh my God, same thing as you. So it's like for him. To, and then afterwards, he was trying to get his contact info just to talk to him and tell him, look, I know what you're going to go through. Don't, you know, just sort of give him a little pep talk, be like, it's, it'll be okay. Um, that was really nice because these guys, you know, the fans hate each other. The players don't. I say it all to, yeah, there might be a player who hates this player, um, kind of pro wrestling style. It's not really real. Or sometimes it is real, but that's very seldom, especially in this day and age. You saw that more in the 60s and 70s, even the 80s. These days, they got yep. the same agents, same managers. And These guys went it, to the same summer. And the money's so big. Yeah, the money's so big. Even when he went down, it was a Jets player trying to block him. Was like, "Whoa, dude, you okay?" <laughs> I was like, "Cause they all know this is just a game." And I think if fans sort of need to start to understand that as well, it's like it's okay to have some fun, but you know, sometimes fans take it too far. But yeah, it's it's unfortunate. And we'll talk about JPP and stuff later. Let's talk about a little bit about the Jets game. I'll go first here, real quick. Um, I don't think. I mean, yes, look, anytime you beat the Jets, a rival in your division, awesome, eight and three. No, great, great, great. I don't know how much you could take away from this game because the Jets' offense was so stinking bad that, you know, Ian, I think you, me, Tom, Aaron, and Josh, and like four or five other people could have forced Tim Boyle and the Jets' offense to punt a few times and probably gotten them on a few three and outs. I mean, <laughs> Maybe. great for the Dolphins' defense. They played great. I'm not knocking them, but I don't know how much you can learn in a game like that where they were just so inept. And on the other side of the ball, the Jets' defense is good, no doubt, but they have kind of quit on this season. You see that. Um, everyone, I thought, you know, played well. And the only thing I'm going to say, the little bit of criticism, and it's very little because they won. The only thing I'm going to say is Tua needs to start playing better. The Tua we saw in September, October is not the Tua we saw in November. November's behind us now. We're going into December. Not, not a reason to panic. Not a reason to go overboard, but two of this year's got 10 interceptions, two pick sixes, and 10 fumbles, four lost. That's a lot. And most of them came in November. A lot of them came in November. The schedule gets a little, it's still easy here. Next three games, they're eight and three, first place, got a comfortable lead in the division. But if we're going to win in the playoffs and win those big games at the end of the year, those final three games or so, two's just got to play better. That's all I'm going to say. Not knocking them. I say don't give him a long term. Just saying he's got to play better because I don't care what the stats say say about that game last week. You could twist stats to make it anything you want. If you watch that game and thought he played well, you're goofy. Um, he did not play well in that game. So he's just got to play better and he's got to get back to where he was in September, October. He was top of the food chain. Right now, he's not top of the food chain among all the quarterbacks. He slipped. He's, he's in a little bit of a slump. That's probably the nicest way to say a little bit of a slump. Got to get out of the slump. But other than that, ho hum victory, taking care of of a team you should have beat. And that's all I got to say about that one. So I am, um, I'm not going to be too hard on two and here's why. And and yes, he can't be throwing those interceptions. I'm sitting there watching the game on Friday afternoon, which by the way, if anybody from work is watching, I had my laptop on my lap. I was doing work while I was watching the game. Um, and, <laughs> and, and I, uh, so I you know, he, he throws, he throws the pick six and I'm thinking to myself, how could we have let the jets, stay so close heading into halftime, right? I couldn't believe it. And then he goes and throws the intercept, the second interception with just a sec, couple seconds left in the half. And of course the Jets think they're going to 
they're going to do something. And that's when uh, Javon Holland has that run back. And by the way, this is going to be one of those that a year ago from Black Friday, we're going to be talking about this 10 years from now. We're going to be talking about the Black Friday interception return for a touchdown, just like we do with Miami Miracle, you know, the Leon let Thanksgiving. This is one of those top plays in Miami Dolphins history, period. I mean, you don't see that play too often, which someone was asking me if you've ever had uh, a Hail Mary run back for a touchdown. I think it's happened. I don't I don't it's know. It's probably happened, but not on a stage like that. A standalone game after Thanksgiving. Not on yeah. a stage. And let me say this real quick before you finish. I was listening to a New York City radio show this week, like the main radio show in the afternoons. They ranked the top five like worst plays in Jets history. Um, I think the fake spike was three. I think Javon Holland was four who came in on that list. Um, there's some worse ones, actually. The butt fumble might have been two. But it was like <laughs> out of the worst plays and like the most backbreaking, embarrassing, worst plays. That one, I think, was four. I think the fake spike was three. That's, so that's where Jets fans are putting this on the list. Now, oh. I'm sorry. Now, now, are we calling this, by the way, the fail Mary or the hell like Mary? I like fail Mary. But people are saying fail Mary was already taken okay. with that Packers-Seattle game with the backup refs where one call touchdown, one call incomplete. But I don't view that as a Hail Mary. That was just a pass play from what I remember, at least. I don't actually remember. I think remember. it was a long but pass I, play, though. It was like 40 It was a long pass play. I don't yeah, think it was yeah. a Hail Mary, though. But <clears throat> I might be wrong. I like Fail Mary the best. Hail Mary's okay. I like Fail Mary. I think Fail Mary just works on so many levels. Yeah. So so here, you know, after those two interceptions, after the, the touchdown, and, and we went into the half, you know, what were we up? I think it was 17 to seven, if I remember correctly. 17 to 17 six. Because they, they missed the extra point. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, what can go wrong does go wrong with New York, right? But after that, and we saw this during hard knocks last night, Tua went in at halftime knowing, you know, being being really hard on himself. And the quarterback's coach came over to him and talked to him and said, We've got to move past this. We got to do, you know, and so did coach McDaniel as well. You know, these, when you make these mistakes, you as a quarterback in the national football league need to be able to have a very short memory. That's the old saying, what does Tua do? He comes out. I don't know if you remember this, but he had a, a, a nine minute and I think it was 15 play drive for a touchdown. And I don't think it was the first possession right out of halftime. I could be wrong. It was either the first or the second one right after halftime. He was accurate. They had the run game going. It was it was great. And what that what that said to me was that he he had a um, he had a, my my wife is right here talking and and kind of distracting me at the moment. So I apologize. Um, <laughs> he was able to kind of erase what happened prior to halftime, and he was able to go and and kind of be able to do what he needed to do in the, in the third quarter. Um, and he was able to forget, right? The mistakes, which I think is important. And again, too, he's going to have that in other games. He's going to have that when he makes mistakes, because he's not going to be perfect the rest of the season. He's still going to be throwing interceptions, um, but he's going to make those mistakes. He's got to forget about them and he's got to be able to pick himself up and move. And that's it. And the thing is the defense for the jets, they have a lot of great players, a lot of great talent, um, but the Dolphins were able to 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 beat them handily, and I think by the second half, I think the defense had been uh, had been tired it out. I guess you can say so. Um, I was very encouraged. Again, eight and three, we're up now. What are we? Three and one for division games. We swept the Patriots. We've beaten the Jets. Three and one. Yeah. And we lost to the Bills. So worst we can do right now in our division is three and three. 
but I anticipate we'll we'll be playing oh, the Jets at home. That's where I'm going next, Ian. <laughs> Great segue. <laughs> this you. is why we've been doing this for years. We're good. Let man. me We're say good. this. This this is why this game to me on Black Friday was glorious. Because by the end of the weekend, the Dolphins are eight and three with a two and a half game lead in the AFC. Now I look at the standings, I see a three game lead in the loss column. So I'm calling it a three game lead. Technically, I know the Bills have their buy this way. It's a three game lead in my book. That's what I see in the loss column. The Bills played their best game of the year this week, and they still find, found a way to lose to Philadelphia. Yes, and sir. it was glorious. And the Dolphins now are in the driver's seat. And here's the deal we are, I ain't waiting for nothing to be official. Looking at the Bills schedule where they got the Cowboys, they got the Chiefs, they got the Chargers. They still got to fly down to Miami, okay? Well, we're playing Will Levis, Sam Howell, and we'll talk about the Whoever Jets it is, we're and playing for the Jets. Whoever they roll out there. Here's what I'm telling you. We're the AFC East champs. Not official yet. We are the AFC East champs. And on this season, they, last year, rating three, going through hell, going to San Francisco, going to the Chargers, the Bills on a short week. That ain't happening this year. Rating three, in. And I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Hey, this is our year. The Kool-Aid. And since you drank the Kool-Aid, I updated my password for the Wi-Fi. I still haven't told my family yet, so they're probably having yeah. trouble. With, I, but I have magic, magic with number, the number sign yeah, four. four. Magic yeah, we're number AFC East champs, and I'm drinking the Kool-Aid because this is going to be a special season for us. And anyone who knows me knows I'm no, you know, I, I wouldn't do that unless I really believed it. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid because here's why. The next three games, you know, very obviously very winnable. And here's what I want out of the rest of the season. When we face the Jets again, you know, the pick six there on the fail mare, whatever you're going to call it, was crushing. It's one of those iconic Jets moments that live in Jets history. Same old Jets, can't get out of their own way. We crushed them once. Their season's over. We crushed them. How? So when we play them in a couple weeks, if they roll out Tim Boyle, ho-hum, we'll win 27-3. to We'll win. They're not going to care. But if they got the balls to put Aaron Rodgers on that field, to give them a little bit of hope of what they might see next year with Aaron Rodgers for a full season, we have the opportunity to crush their dreams twice. And there will be nothing more glorious in this world than to have Aaron <laughs> Rodgers go out there at Hard Rock Stadium behind that garbage offensive line the Jets have with no, with no just and just absolutely make Aaron Rodgers look silly. So that's what I'm hoping for. And then we can send him to the bench where I hope he sits on a rusty nail. Just ruin his day and his season. And then and let, let me say this, too. The Amazon, I was watching the pregame show. I don't know if you saw the pregame show on Amazon. I went for like an hour and a half. I was working. I was truly Friday working game. before the game started. We'll stick with that story. They made their predictions. And that big, dumb dipshit, Ryan Fitzpatrick, they actually picked the Jets to win. Now, look, Out of here's anybody. The deal. There's nobody else to pick the Jets. No one no, else so, that I know uh, of. No, Tony Gonzalez did too. Oh, oh. Um, here's I don't care about Tony Gonzalez. Look, I don't care about predictions who these people pick. Eh, for now, it don't mean nothing. Here's the deal, though. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, do not sit here and come back to Miami, do these pieces. Oh, I'm a former Dolphin. No, you don't. You're bitter. You're a bitter man who feel look, and you were screwed over. 2020 the team is winning, and you, you know, they benched. put in two for you. They should never have done it. You did nothing to deserve to get benched, and your bitterness came out on TV because who in the right freaking mind? would think Tim Boyle with a backup offensive line was going to win that game. But you showed your bitterness. You're a big, dumb dipshit, and I'm done with Ryan Fitzpatrick. It ain't funny. Put on your wacky shirts. Show your chest hair. I don't care. I don't want to hear Ryan Fitzpatrick's name is like a Dolphins. You know, he, he was a lovable Dolphin. No, he wasn't. He's a jerk. 
I still like Fitzpatrick. I'm that's sorry. That's disingenuous. That uh, is that was the most disingenuous prediction. And he's only picked one wrong game all year on their Thursday night schedule. And he and he went that pick was out of pure bitterness against the Dolphins organization. It wasn't authentic because nobody in their right mind could make that pick authentic. And Tony Gonzalez is probably one too many shots to that when he played. Yeah, here's my um, picking though, Mike. And, and you know, sometimes like because I'm in a pick'em league, right? And sometimes you look at the obvious game where somebody is is picked to win by two touchdowns, let's say, 10 or 12 points, whatever, and you automatically go the opposite side because you think, well, if something can happen, fumbles can go certain ways, things, and the fact is, is that any in, on any given Sunday, any given day of the week, I guess at this point, anything can happen. So maybe he was kind of going that route. I don't know. Again, it was Tim look, Boyle, Ian. I, I this was, trust me. Okay. I know, man. I mean, we, yeah. we, this was, you and I actually were very close to the final score. What we yeah, predicted I know we last were. week. I know we so were. I saw that. We were. Look, if this was, even if the, like Miami playing the Panthers, Bryce Young might have a moment. Like, okay, I could buy into that. This was Tim Boyle who sucked at UConn, who threw like one touchdown pass and transferred some school I never heard of, and he sucked there. And he's been terrible with the, and he was been terrible since he's been in the NFL forever. Um, so yeah, this that. Please, I'm done with Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't want to see him no more. I don't want to hear about him. He ain't no lovable dolphin. He's a bitter old man. Okay, let's talk about the news. Dolphin signed JPP Jason Pierre Paul to help replace some of the production they lost from uh, Jalen Phillips. We know the, the real replacements are going to be Emmanuel. He's going to be a third down guy every once in a while. He, he, this is an addition very similar to Chase Claypool. Yep. Great, you signed him. He got a little bit of name value, but don't expect much from him. He's on the roster. Great. I don't expect to see him much on the field, especially this week. Uh, but if you get anything from him, great. I don't expect much, but it's something. They lost a guy. They need a guy. And JPP and was guy. the guy. So yeah. they got a guy. That's all it is. I wouldn't expect a miracle here. Now, here's a real story for this week's game, Ian. 50 people Offensive are on line. the injured reserve. Oh, I mean, I mean uh, no. 50 people are on the uh, uh, the injured list. Ignore that injured list. The only guys, that, there's only two people on that list that you have to actually care about. Tron Armstead, Armstead and Kendall Lamb. Yep. And Lamb. Now, I know Armstead went on social media and said he's playing. That is 10 pounds of horse crap and a five-pound back. He ain't playing. I promise you he ain't playing. I promise you he ain't playing this week. If I just think about 10 week, pounds of horse crap and five-pound bag. I, yeah, I, I, it's <laughs> overflowing. Uh, here's the deal. If Tron Armstead plays this week, I will give a $100 donation to Biggie's Dolphins Can't Challenge Cancer Fund. Because I know he – not much. I will – I will – Put in some money eventually between now and February, but know, that ain't gonna about. happen this week. Okay, that ain't gonna happen either. this week. Armstead ain't playing. Kendall Lamb was not even supposed to play last week, but he had to play when, once Austin Jackson threw a punch, he got ejected. I didn't think Austin Jackson had a punch in him, so that was actually kind of cool to see. Um, but so Lamb's got a bad back, his status is up in the air. Now he's not as bad as Armstead's got a quad injury, and it sounds like I don't care what he says, it sounds like it might be a few weeks. But Kendall Lamb, if he can't go, Keon Smith. He played this past week. He actually played well. Um, would be your starting left tackle. So we'll see about the offensive line. I'll say this. With Miami having a two-and-a-half, three-game lead, whatever you want to call it, the more they win, the more rest you can give guys like Armstead and Achan. Because the earlier you clinch that division, I know seeding is nice. Trust me, I get it. Chasing the one seed or a two seed over a four seed, I get it. What's more important is just being healthy for the playoffs. So if the Dolph, if Armstead's going to miss two or three games, and in those two or three weeks the Dolphins actually clinch the East, Teron, I don't need to see you till week one of the playoffs. And that's if you want to play the final week to get, just get your feet wet before, I get it. But I would not risk that man, especially. A-Chan's a little bit of a different story. But Armstead, 
The earlier they clinch, the sooner they can put them in and bubble wrap and not have to play. Now, look, he might be out to the playoffs anyways because they're never going to tell us, and they won't be honest with injuries. But the earlier we clinch, the sooner we can put some of these guys who might be a little banged up, a little sore, might have something like Armstead or HN in bubble wrap and protect them to week one of the playoffs. Your thoughts? No, you're you're right. And let's see how we do against some of these upcoming teams. And I'll tell you, you know, uh, the Washington Commanders, for those don't, that don't remember, they they're actually, feisty. yeah, they're feisty. Um, but they recently traded uh, Montez Sweat and Chase Young off of their defense. So Chase Young, who I know he had some injury problems in the past, he was healthy this season. Uh, and they Good traded player. him away. So they they really did trade away two of their best players. And uh, this would actually probably be a good week, again, to give him a little bit of a break because they're not going to have as much of a rush. But with that being said, too, we need to win, right? Here's your opportunity. This is this is a team that you have to win. They're, they're not very good, although their quarterback is number one in the league in yards. But I think part of that is because they're always playing down behind so much. So he's got to be able to throw it because he can't run it that much. Um, but with that said, too, you know, HN, I think you got to get him back sooner than later just because I think you got to get him some playing time. It, it's going to take some time for him to ramp up. doesn't mean he needs to start a game, game, but at least get him active, get him in there. Uh, I know you, um, I know you're probably going to talk about Chris Brooks, too. I'm probably still. I got that there. next. Yeah. Yeah. You can jump. Here's the deal. So they opened his 21 day window. So in the next three weeks, they can use, I think, they'll, I don't know if they're down to one or two IR spots left, but it's not many. One and after Chris Brooks. Back, one after Chris Brooks. Yep. Okay, so I got a feeling they're going to bring him back with no Salvin Ahmed, with A-Chan, who now been injured three times since training camp. That's not good. So even if he comes back, what are you going to get from him? How many games before he gets hurt again? I don't know. Um, Chris Brooks' is 21-day window is open. Um, I think they're going to bring him back. Now, if it were me, I think you you could make if you want to save it without. Here's the deal: we're getting so late in the year, there's only six games left. What are you saving it for? Um, if something were to happen to Tyreek or something were to happen to Tua, God forbid, you can just make him inactive every week and not have to put him on IR. They're just not going to be active in play, and you, you can't just play a shorthanded. But with only a handful of games left, um, you might as well use them up, I guess, in some ways. So bring them back because when they lost Alvin Ahmed. Um, they kind of need more running backs right now, especially with HN hurt. And again, to, if we clinch early, the AFC East, Mostert's another guy you might want to give a rest before the playoffs because he's been a little dinged up now and then. He's had a heavy workload this year. He's yeah. another guy you might want to say, you know what, week 17, week 18, yeah, the game's important. We're chasing a number two seed or a one seed, maybe. But you know what? Being healthy is more important. So take a week off, Raheem. Um, so, and let me say this yeah. too. There is nothing that I would love more than for us to play week 18 in Meaningless Miami against yeah. the Buffalo Bills, having to start our backups and us kicking their ass. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I agree 100%. To me, seeding, look, I looked at, at the Chiefs' schedule, and we, since we lost to them, we got to be one game better than them. I was looking at their schedule. I don't know. I mean, maybe the Bills, maybe the Bills beat them at home. I know that the Broncos are playing a little better. Are they going to lose to the Broncos twice, though? I find it hard to believe. I don't know where the Chiefs are losing twice. And then they got to hope Miami runs the table to catch them. So to me, if we're not going to be the one, and I'm not saying it's impossible, I'm saying it just seems unlikely. Whether we're two, three, or four, I honestly could care less. I mean, I, I just honestly could care less if we're two, three, or four. It's either one, 
or two, three, or four. And if for the three, great. And for the four, great. And for the two, whatever. Um, and to me, being healthy is more important than worrying about it for the two over the four. Because I just think the one is just going to be tough. Unless the Chiefs totally implode, which with Pat Mahomes, it seems unlikely. Um, that's where I am with this. But yeah, Chris Brooks, 21-day window. Um, we'll see. I If they announce a 21-day window, I think they're going to use an IR spot. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't have announced it. And if he's right. going to take up reps in practice, then, you know, common sense. He's coming back. So there's that. The other thing I want to mention hard next, two things real quick here. Um, Mike McDaniel getting a kicked below the belt. I want to send a Manscaped. Manscaped! That was Manscaped <laughs> to help him down there. That was hilarious. And I can only imagine what the uninitiated... Like we see Mike McDaniel. We hear the press conferences every day. We follow him year-round. We It's been almost two full years. We're kind of accustomed to who he is and the personality. The uninitiated who don't follow the Dolphins every day, who only hear the press conference clips and the little jokes and stuff like that, what they must be thinking if they're watching Hard Knocks. Because you watch Mike McDaniel at a press conference. He stutters. He stammers. You ask him a question, gives you a 20-minute answer where he doesn't say anything. He's like rambling on. You can barely understand him sometimes, mumbling. You watch him on Hard Knocks. He looks like a road scholar. He is succinct, articulate, short to the point. It's like there's two Mike McDaniels and clearly the one at the press conference. What I've said since day one, this guy handles the media like a genius. That's a character. The guy on Hard Knocks is the real guy. The guy on Hard Knocks who's articulate, succinct, to the point, getting his point across, that's the real guy. When he stands up at a podium and you ask him a simple question, he rambles on for eight minutes. And, and he, doesn't he doesn't actually answer the question. And yeah. he's stammering and stuttering. And, he, and he, he doesn't even sound like a human being at times. That's a guy who's tap dancing around a question. You know, I got to be here for 20 minutes. I'm going to take this one question and eat up about one third of that time. That's <laughs> love why it. I love this guy. Because as I've always said, Brian Flores looked like it was a hostage video. Every time he stood in front of a podium. Adam Gase was a temperamental child through temper tantrums. If he was asked a question he didn't like. This guy laughs, flows with the punches, and won't tell you nothing. And just rambles on. And that's what this hard knocks has done. So if, if you're someone, because I saw today, I flipped on. Boomer and Geo in the morning and WFN. They played a clip from Hard Knocks. They were like, you know, I tuned into Hard Knocks last night because I want to see everything with the Jets game. And I saw Mike McDaniel talk to the team. And the, and the guy said, Who is that guy? That's not the guy I see every that we hear at the press. The conference. casual that doesn't That's pay attention. That's it. That's yeah, you're right. Uninitiated who don't see it every day. They're like, that guy, I want that guy. Like, that's the guy. That you know is so yeah that I found that funny that there's people around the world or, or watching this show being like that's not the guy I see in front of a podium doing all the goofy stuff. Um, but yeah. the show I will say hard knocks. Most of, for the diehards like us, we love it. We're getting the access, we're seeing stuff. We we love it, but we know we're the minority. Um, if I wasn't a fan of the Dolphins, I'd find the show completely boring because it really is. Kind of, it's the same recipe, the same you know. ABC, they they don't change it up. And if you're not a fan of the team involved, I don't know. Hey, if I watched the Jets this offseason because they are my rival, so I wanted to learn yeah. more about them. Also, I was trying to find yeah, but you're glued some of their to it every week. Yeah, I actually never finished it. Um, See, there you go. Uh, same way. I watched the first I, episode. I'm like, this is going to be an Aaron Rodgers documentary every week, and I don't really care that much about him to watch yeah. it. So I gave you didn't up. Watch him it. talking about his his space encounter. Oh, you didn't, God, you didn't no, watch I that part. So right. care less. I could so. I think care that's less. when I shut her off. But right, that's right, why right. I do want to see him play against the Dolphins. Because here's the deal. I don't know if you saw it, Ian. I put my stocking up for Christmas here. I see it. And I, I see it. And I want. 
And I want two things in the stocking this year. I want an AFC East title put in that stocking, and I want some playoff wins in that stocking. Okay. I'm not going to go high in the sky. We'll, we'll, as we get closer to that, maybe we'll talk about that. Because as I say, don't touch the money. But I want an AFC East title in there before Christmas, and I want some playoff wins in there after Christmas. So that's in my stocking behind me for those watching on YouTube. So so I want to talk right. about yes. Aaron Rodgers for a real quick second because yeah, go for it. I don't want to see him in Miami. I fear that he is going to get even more injured than he did if he if he goes out there too soon. And I, I that's on him. I, I'm he not, and I know it is on him. And and I'm not I'm not a doctor. And you know, and I know that there are millions of of uh, Twitter doctors, right, that know what's best oh, for, for people. Yeah. Um, but I think we're also in a world we we've lived in a world where we've never seen somebody come back so quickly from uh, from a torn ACL. Or, I'm sorry, torn Achilles. Right? It was an Achilles for him, yep. right? Um, so I'd be worried for the guy. I don't want to see him get injured in my. Can head. I tell you what's going to happen? To me, it's patently obvious what's going to happen. He's not going to play. Not, They're going to stay. No, 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 no. He's going to play. Here, here's what's okay. going to happen. They're, the, right now, they're out of it. I mean, not mathematically, but you ain't got to be Vince Lombardi. They're out of it. Okay, they're out of it. And they're going to okay. probably lose to Atlanta this week. Even if they don't, who cares? And then they're going to lose a few more. When he's ready to come back, he's going to – because he hates the medical community because everything <clears> – <with, throat> you know the vaccine and the fight with everyone about that. And he wants to just give a big middle finger to them for everyone who said, you said I couldn't do it. F you, I'm going to do it. And what he's going to do is he'll come out one of these games. Maybe it's against Miami. Maybe it's a following. I don't know. Play one or two series. And that's it. Just to say, there's no reason for me to really play. There's no reason for me to risk it, but I just want to play one or two series to show all the doubters and all the naysayers that I could. And if the games mattered, and if we were in it, I would do it. But the Jets are telling me they're going to let me do one or two series. I'll turn and hand off. I'll throw a couple short passes. And I'll walk off the field just to say, ha ha, I told you so. And give that proverbial middle finger to the medical community and everyone who doubted him just to feed his own ego. Because he's an egomaniac. And it's all about him. And that's what he's going to do. One or two series in one of these games is all you're going to see him for just because. Yeah, I, no, I, I wouldn't no put reason. it past him. I wouldn't put it past him. And like I said, he'll turn it in hand off. Maybe he'll throw a short pass here where the ball's barely in his hands for two seconds. It might go complete. It might go incomplete. Just one or two series in a game. So that game is going to have the all the eyes on him. Aaron Rodgers is starting this week. A meaningless Jets game nobody cares about. He'll play two series and just go to the bench. And like I said, I hope he sits on a rusty nail and screw him. Okay. That's my prediction. All right. Um, We got some sponsors here. And I'm going to go through them real quick because we're running a little behind here. We're also going to be here all night. Number one, manscaped.com. Promo code DolphinSuck. Save 20%. Get free shipping. Folks, it's the holiday shopping season. For all of our sponsors, it's the holiday shopping season. And if you're looking for a gift for your husband, for your boyfriend, for your father, although that's a little weird, um, for your father-in-law, might be even a little, might be even a little weirder. But even if your you next-door neighbor. Spoil, yeah. Even if you just want to spoil yourself. But remember, Manscaped is more than just grooming down there. As we always say, body wash, shampoo, cologne, deodorant. Stuff we men use each and every day of the week. They send it to your house for free, and you get 20% off, which is 20% off coupon. So buy that stuff, the essentials you use, even if you're not into the other stuff. And if we're looking for one of those holiday white elephant-type gifts for a joke, get Manscaped 5.0 Ultra. It always bring a good laugh to the room. So Manscaped.com, promo code Dolphins Talk. Then Caldera Lab. And here's what you want at Caldera Lab. The best in men's skincare products. 
uh, geared towards men. So go to KildaraLab.com, promo code Dolphins Talk, save 20% on your order there. And you got the base layer. You got the beard. You got the eye serum for around your eyes to help with the bags out around your eyes. So check that out there, Kildare Lab. Um, man, really, this not even a Christmas gift for yourself. This is like a year-round gift to help keep your face silky smooth, make you look younger. And it's simple. One minute in the morning, one minute at night. They can't make it any easier, Kildare Lab. And the last one, everyone go to foco.com. F-O-C-O. Here's why. And I put out a tweet. You can find it on my Twitter account at Dolphin Stuff. They got a shirt out. For the holiday season that says in Miami Dolphins aqua colors, aqua and orange. Dear Santa, all I want is for the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl. And if you got any Christmas party, holiday party, that's a perfect shirt to wear. I think it's super cheap. I think it's like 30 bucks, not that expensive. Um, there. So check that out. Uh, and actually you have to update the link. I got the wrong link up. So everyone go to FOCO and get the Dear Santa. All I want. Um, for the Dolphins is, is for them to win the Super Bowl. I have to actually fix the link. They got the wrong links, but I'll fix that right after the show. And they also have another white holiday shirt up on the site as well. Just a uh, white Miami Dolphins shirt with some Christmas trees and stuff. So check that. Also, the good people of FOCO are making a Javon Holland pick six bobblehead doll based on the Black Friday game. Only 96 of those are available. Now, those won't get shipped for another five or six months down the line, but you can also, you know, you can buy it for someone and if you want to for the holidays because that's very rare only 96 are made those things get they only make a few of each of these and those things go up in value big time so check that out as well nice okay time for a quick game of dc guy versus florida man um obviously we all know about the florida man stories there's some crazy ones and we have some fun at the people of florida also also, we have some fun at, at our opponent this week, which happens to be Washington, D.C., which will encompass the Maryland, Washington, D.C., and Virginia area because it's tough getting a story um, here. So here's two stories. Uh, Ian's on a little bit of a slump. He's got to get out of the slump here. Um, story number one, a man was arrested for directing traffic at an intersection while also, urinating, while also urinating at the same time. According to the sheriff's office, a deputy on a routine patrol spotted two vehicles stopped at the intersection with a man waving at the vehicles to go around him. The deputy said he thought there had been an accident, but he saw a man urinating in the middle of the two lanes while using his other hand to wave the drivers past him. The deputy conducted a traffic stop. He reported the man said, I drank a lot of water and couldn't wait for the light. <laughs> Story oh number God. one. Story number two. Uh, and this one, now look, with these two, there might be some mind games involved, so consider this. Um, a man was arrested Wednesday on charges he broke into the state house while wearing a Captain America backpack and stole items from the desk of politicians. The man took a pen and a coaster off the desk of a politician um, in their office, in his office, and he put them in his Captain America, Captain America backpack. The man was arrested for stealing government property and breaking and entering. Um, surveillance video captured the man breaking, in the state, breaking into the state house through a fire door on the west side of the building. He was wearing a mask and running around with a Captain America themed backpack and he was also recording himself on his phone acting like a superhero with the pen and the coaster so story number one was that a florida man or dc guy story number two is that a dc guy or florida man um ian i, I need some help chat, though take yeah, a guess don't chat. google people this is all in fun no googling let's have some fun here take take a guess um so i will say the first story got made me laugh out loud today when i was searching for these literally made me laugh out loud when you got to go, you got to go. That's gotta what go, Cap said. Go. Can't hold That's it. what Cap said. So David says Florida 1, DC 2. 
And Finns NJ uh, says number two is so political. It's got to be DC reverse that psychology, might be the though. Yeah. Jeff is saying one Florida, two Washington. So no, because it's actually of what wrong. You it was said, reverse psychology. Yeah. So Florida waiver, one Florida, two DC. So everybody's well, saying one Florida, two DC. But because of your disclosure that it may not be like it sounds, and we do have a Capitol House. In the state of Florida, and I could totally see that. Although I, I think people are out there doing this stuff on the, you know, in the corner of the road. I think this in happens Miami in Miami every day. Each of these stories probably happen in every state. Honestly, that's what I think. <laughs> so everybody said number one, Florida; number two, DC. But I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to say number one was DC, and I'm going to say number two, the Capitol building was up in Tallahassee, in Florida. How to do? Okay, here's the deal. This was the hardest one to search all year because finding a story in Washington, D.C. or Virginia or Maryland, I used the whole region, was almost impossible. So unfortunately, you're wrong. Story number one did happen in Florida. Story number two oh, is actually a story from January 6th. <laughs> I just cleaned it up some. Um, it's actually a January 6th story okay. about a man. He broke into, I can't even give you the people's names he broke into. Uh, I didn't want to use capital, so I said state house, which, look, Cut me some slack. It was tough finding one for this part of the Yeah, no, you're right. Um, you're right. Um, he broke into the offices of Republican Senator Susan Collins and took a coaster. And then Democratic Senator, he was equal opportunity, Joe Manchin, and took the pen. No, the pen was from Susan Collins. The coaster was from Joe Manchin. So he took one from each side of the aisle. It was very fair and balanced, as they say. And Jan that was a January 6th story of a guy At in Washington, he's got some tokens of, of his history. Yeah, well... <laughs> He's going to jail. I think that was the end of the story. And he was actually, and this was like an FBI arrest too. It wasn't even this was like a big time thing. Um, C-SPAN also has video of the guy removing the pen from Collins' desk as he sticks it in his pocket, and he takes a white coaster from Manchin's desk before police let him out. So he was captured live on C-SPAN. So, I, I thought you were going to say that the guy in the middle of the intersection was caught on C-SPAN. That would have even been no. Bad. That would have been great. Um, yeah, that guy. Look, that guy was honest. He goes, I, I drink a lot of water. I just couldn't hold it. Um, so he was just being honest. Um, dude, man, yeah. all I'm going to say is make sure you always have two gallon, one gallon Ziploc bags in your car. Cause you never know as a guy when you got to go, when you're going to need that, especially in South Florida traffic. That thing is a disaster down there. Oh, good it's, Lord. Uh, oh man. All right. Let's close out the show talking story. football. All right, let's go. Dolphins commanders this week. Let's go through some of the stats. Total offense, Miami second, Washington 20th passing offense, Miami first. Washington's actually ninth in passing offense. Sam Howell, he can play. He's, he's number one. Totally, number one for passing yeah, yards in the league right he's now. He's not totally inept. Um, rushing offense, Miami second. Washington 25th. Scoring offense, Miami second. Washington 20th. So Miami used to be 1-1-1-1. One, 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 one. Now they're 2-1-2-2. Two, two, two. So, look, small tip, splitting hairs. But they're still one of the elite offenses in the league. Um, the Cowboys have actually passed them. They've had some huge games. Washington, aside from passing offense, in the 20s, very poor. Defense is where my, this is where Miami's made a jump, and this is where Washington stinks. Total defense, Miami seventh, Washington 29th. Passing defense, Miami eleventh, Washington thirtieth. This is the shocker to me. Rushing defense the entire year, including Week One, what the Chargers did with um, their two running backs, Josh Kelly and um, um, Austin Eckler. Austin Miami Eckler, yeah. is sixth in rushing defense wow. right now in the year. Sick. Washington seventeenth. Um, and then scoring defense, Miami's 23rd. The Washington Commanders are 32nd. Dead wow. Last. Dead last. So 
the Washington Red Washington Commander. Sorry, there. Oh, we did that once. That's right. It took me to watch all the time. <laughs> took me almost 50 minutes in. Oh, we did it you once. Caught yourself. Too. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, Washington is terrible on defense, and they did trade away their two best players. They're off, and also they've had a lot of offensive line injuries as well. So, um, look, it's a game Miami should win. We all know that, and we'll give our predictions here in a minute. But just by the numbers, Miami clear cut number, you know, number two offense in the NFL. If you wanted to say it, and when it comes to defense. Your top 10 defense, really. Scoring defense is still a little low, but your seventh in total defense, 11th in pass, six in rushing. You're a top 10 defense, essentially. And I know a big part of that's who we played. I get it. Let's not be naive. But from where they were week one and how they looked to where they look now, just using the old eyeball test, you can see they've greatly improved. They they understand what Vic Fangio wants to do. You know, I said all season, give them six weeks or so. They'll be on the same page. Roughly, literally six to seven week mark, they were on the same page. Um, they held the Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, Kelsey to nothing, even in losses. The game against Philadelphia, their whole secondary was hurt. They were in the game for the most part the entire game. They are playing top-notch defense. Sam Howell's a little scary. And we're tempted fate here, Ian, that we haven't lost to a team we should have lost to, that we shouldn't have lost to. We've beaten all the teams we're supposed to beat, which is what you're supposed to do. These next three games are three games we're supposed to beat. Every team this year other than us, the Cowboys lost to Arizona, Chiefs lost to the Broncos, Philadelphia lost to the Jets. How that happened, nobody knows. Like, every team stubbed their toe once. Yep. Well, these next three games, we have not. The two of them are home. And they're not even worried about the two at home. This is the If we stub our toe, I think it would be this week. Because I can't see us losing to Will Levis at home. And I can't see us losing to whoever the Jets roll out there at home. Um, Even if it's Rodgers for a series or two, um, Tim Boyle again, or Zach, whoever. I think we're almost tempting NFL fate. Are we really going to go a whole season not losing a game? To a team we sh- you know shouldn't have lost to. Um, that's why I'm a little bit nervous. I mean, I'm not nervous about this game, a little bit more nervous because this is the game where Sam Howell gets a hot hand and Washington, their season's pretty much over. They treat this like their Super Bowl. Next thing you know, we're in a dog fight with five minutes left. Could that it wouldn't stun me if that's the case. I still think Miami's gonna be okay. I still think they'll take care of business. But with their offensive line situation, we don't know about Robert Hunt this week either. Nobody knows. Left tackle might be on your third string left tackle. Um, that could be a recipe where Washington gets a little confidence early to hang around. I don't know, but this would be, if they get by this one, then we're looking at a full season. Cause last three games are teams that are good teams. So if you lose to them, you know, you tip your cap to the Cowboys, tip your cap to the Ravens, even tip your cap to the bills on some level. Um, that if we get through these next three without stubbing our toe, but this is the one that kind of scares me because it's a road game. Here's an important point, Mike. And, and you were right about, you know, we've 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 beaten the teams that we're supposed to, and our defense has stepped up in those games as well. But I, I think what people don't realize too is that our defense stepped up against the Eagles, our defense stepped up against the Chiefs as well. Even um, the losses, so, yep. So here's the deal weeks weeks one through four is a completely different story for the Dolphins defense than weeks five through twelve, which include that includes that Eagles game and that Kansas city chiefs game and all these other teams that we were supposed to win. So in weeks five through 12, the Miami dolphins total defense defensive yards given up per game is number one in the national football league weeks five through 12 yards per play averaging 4.4 allowed on defense, which again is first in the national football league right now from the defensive side, Um, rushing defense, third down defense and first downs allowed are all second in the National Football League from weeks five through 12. So 
clearly the Dolphins defense have stepped up. And I think part of it, and I'm going to, I'm going to give you tons of credit, Mike, because you said it takes time to be able to install a defensive package that Vic Fangio wanted. And then of course we got Jalen Ramsey, which helped out significantly. Um, with the loss of Jalen Phillips, I think we will see a little bit of a difference, but I will remind Dolphins fans that Andrew Van Ginkle put his name on the map early this season. He, even though we knew who he was, but a lot of the national media figured out who he was because he got a lot more playing time. And Emmanuel Agba is healthy again. And the man, his first season with the, with the Dolphins, back he, to had, back a, seasons. Back he, to he back had some terrific seasons when, uh, when Brian Flores, was was the coach and was here so he definitely has it in him and i think also with having bradley chubb on the other side with sealer with wilkins playing at the level that they're playing right now Wilkins six and a half sacks i mean the man the man's probably going to be double digits by the end of the season let's be honest but i will tell you it is because of everyone on that defense is why we're seeing the success that we're seeing on the front line why we're seeing the success that we're seeing on the defensive back backside as well. Everybody's playing the game that they're supposed to be playing. Um, so I, I say all that because I, I, it could be close. I actually did predict that this was going to be the game that we were going to stub our toe at the beginning I, of the year. I said, there's one game where dolphins are always expected to win it, but they, you know, they make it. And here's the deal. If that does happen, it's against an it's NFC okay. team. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's against, against an NFC, NFC team, it's so okay. it's not the end of the world. But um, but I, I still think that Tua knows that he needs to clean up some stuff that he from, from last week's game. The defense is going to be playing. I think they're going to try and rally around Jalen Phillips' injury. You know, they want to play. They want him, they want him to be part of that. They want him to see that they're playing for him. Um, you know, and Coach McDaniel too, he knows he's got to we've got to get cleaner with a bunch of things. I want us to kind of experiment over these next two to three weeks with some things that are working well, not working well, so that when we do play Dallas, when we do play Baltimore, when we do play the Bills at the end of the season, we've gotten all of all the what, the rust, the bad stuff behind us, and we can actually go ahead and uh, and play some solid games against those top teams. Because I'll be honest with you, I'm not satisfied with just winning the division. No, I want to. I want to. I want to be first place in the AFC, man. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I want home field advantage throughout the playoffs. That yeah. that's that would make me. That would be that would nice. Make me but hope. also, yes, the most important thing is those end this playoff streak because I don't want to hear twenty four years not winning a playoff game. Twenty five. They got to end this playoff streak and Agreed. they got to get in this playoffs hot on a roll. Which one side of the ball right now is playing on a roll and they're hot. We got to get the other side of the ball. We got to get the office back to where it was, like I said, September October. And I think we can. Uh, we got to get it there. Me too. Um, and they got time. They got six games to work this out. But yeah, let's get here. We're at the hour mark. Let's get to the previews of predictions and wrap this bad boy up. Yes, sir. So it's now time for it's now time for Mike and Ian's fearless predictions. Dolphins versus Commanders, one p.m. on Fox. Adam Amin and Mark Schlereth on the call. Miami versus Washington, two teams with a long, rich history. They met in Super Bowl Seven, where the Dolphins had the perfect season. They met again 10 years later in Super Bowl Seventeen, where Washington and John Riggins got their revenge. Shula, George Allen, Joe Gibbs, NFL royalty. This Sunday, though, will be a little bit different. Washington, in the post-Dan Snyder era, is a disaster. And I come here each and every week 
and I roast our opponent, have a little fun with some jokes or just jokes, just jokes, we're having fun at the city we're playing, some of the players we're playing. This week, though, it's a little tough. How can I make jokes about the Washington Commanders when God beat me to it? I can't joke about Daniel Snyder. He's gone. Ron Rivera is about to be fired. It would be cruel to joke about him this holiday season. The new owners haven't done anything yet to mock or goof on. Sam Howell seems like a nice kid in a tough spot, making a go at it and having a nice year. Um, This is the most nondescript roster. No real goofball players. A roster filled with no superstars, but just guys. So... This might be the most boring team in NFL history. I can't even crack any jokes. So with that said, let's just get to the game. I'm All right, let's do it, Mike. Born. Let's do it. Miami, the next three games are against quote-unquote cupcakes. But this team, as I said, scares me the most in Washington. They almost beat Philly not once but twice. Took them to overtime once. They almost won in Seattle. I know they're almost wins, but for a team like that to almost win against teams like that, that, may, that means something. I know the record stinks, but they have played good teams tough. They raised their play versus better teams, which makes me a little nervous. 45 degrees expected, no rain, no snow, no wind, no excuses. I expect the Dolphins secretary, secondary to keep Sam Howell from having a big day or a hot hand. I expect the Dolphins' run defense to continue to be elite and shut down Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson and all those guys. I hope, because Mike McDaniel was asked about it today from the great Omar Kelly, third and one, fourth and one, run the ball, Give our running backs and offensive line an opportunity to shine in those situations. I think we will. Tua, in a little bit of a slump. I think he'll play a little better because he's probably got a bad taste in his mouth after Thanksgiving and not because of the turkey, because of the two interceptions and the pick six. I think Miami will be okay versus Washington. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but they'll be okay. Give me Miami 27, Washington 14 in a ho-hum, workman-like Boring win because Washington's the most boring team in the NFL. Nine and three, Mike. You got the Dolphins going nine and three. So yeah. the, cha- the challenge I continue to have is I predict, you know, I make predictions at the beginning of the season. I try and stick with them throughout the year, um, but I can't. I can't say that the Dolphins are going to stub their toe. I just don't feel it with this team right now. You know, we watch the cohesiveness, the teamwork, the brotherhood that these guys have. Just seeing all these guys on the field when Jalen went down, it tells you the type of closeness that they all have. And I think that has a lot to do with the leadership of this organization right now. And I don't think the Dolphins are going to stub there, too. I think you're going to see a much cleaner game from Tua. I think you're going to see you're possibly going to see Devon Acham. But if not, Raheem Mostert, you know, has the most rushing touchdowns in the National Football League right now. I think that's going to continue. I think you're going to see some of that. Um, And I think this defense is actually going to be a lot stingier than people think. I know Sam Howell is leading the NFL right now in passing yards, but I don't think that this defense is going to allow a big over 300-yard game by by Sam Howell. So I'm picking the Dolphins actually to go 29 to, to 12. I don't think it's going to be as close of a game as some people think it will be, um, but I just think that the Dolphins are going to say, hey, this is, you know, this is our time. This is, you know, on Friday, we get to the dreaded month of December. Miami Dolphins have five games in the month of December this year. Of those five games, didn't we say there's going to be, what is it, three out of five of the games in December are going to be played at home, right? Yep. And then we've got the one home game left in the month of January as well against the Bills. The Bills. Yep. And then we're going to have a home game for the playoffs as well because we're at least going to have a minimum of one, hopefully more. 
So I think the Dolphins are going to win this one. I'm seeing the, the guys cap thinks we're going to blow, blow the lid off. Hey, that's possible too. You know, we, we, I'd love to get back to, uh, what were the, the, the greatest off. show on yeah. surf? Yeah. The greatest, whatever we were calling it. JM says 28 to 13. Um, but I think we're going to go nine and three, Mike, and you go nine and three. And I don't care who you beat. The, nine wins is nine wins in this league. That, and and with, with five games left too, man, that's impressive. That is yeah. impressive in the national football league. It doesn't matter who you're beating. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I, I, look, nine to three is nine to three. I don't care who you beat. And here's the deal. I know in December, Tua through his entire career, like one of those, you know, he's checkmarked. He's got a weak arm. Well, he's proven he doesn't check that box. He's done this. I'll check that. He did, you know, He's staying healthy this year. Not going to put the check yet because the season's not over, but he's getting close to checking that box, staying healthy for a whole year. Two has been historically awful in December. It's just what it is. He just has been. This would be this week starting on the 1st of December. Schedule's a little easier, so get off to a nice start. Hopefully he can dispel, you know, change that narrative that he plays a strong September. He plays a strong final month of the season in December because looking back at his career, and I know some of those years are with Flores, but they count. They count, unfortunately. He's been bad. Last year struggled versus... San Francisco was god-awful versus the Chargers. And, you know, Chris the Packers, we know he had a concussion, this, that, and the other. And the game against the Bills was mainly a running game where he had over, like, 200 yards rushing. Um, he just doesn't win in December. He hasn't played well. This would be a good time to change that narrative, and I think he will, because these next three opponents really um, aren't playing for anything. They're not very good. So if he can, you know, have some good games in December and get back to where he was, like I said, September, October, which was at such a high level. And I know it's asking a lot. But I just think he's got to be better than what he's been in November because that is good, just middle of the pack good. And to win in the playoffs and to beat, you know, teams like the Cowboys and the Ravens and stuff, he's got to raise his game just a little, cut down on turnovers. Um, and I'm sure he'll he'll be fine. I'm not worried about it by any means. And Ian, you know, for those longtime listeners who've been with us, I'm drinking. When do you ever see me drink the Kool-Aid? Uh, when do you ever see never, me? Never. Me. Never. Me. I'm all in. I'm all in on this year. I'm. They have proven to me through 11 games, eight and three, that this team is good enough to win a Super Bowl. I'm not saying they will win it. They're good enough to win it, even with no Phillips. That's why, to me, being the one seed is great. I'm more concerned to be about just being healthy week one of the playoffs because again, I don't know if Kansas City is going to lose twice, and I don't know if we're going to run the table. That those are the because I obviously can't see losing three times with that schedule. A lot of Raiders on there and some other teams that stink. So. That we, we'd have to run the table, they'd have to lose twice. It might be tough. Chiefs Bills, who you're rooting for? Because if you want home field, you should root for the Bills. And and I think I would because the Bills are then playing the Cowboys the following week. And I think the I think the Bills can lose to the Cowboys. Okay. I'd be it's okay with be that. Interesting. Yeah, it's but yeah. either way, it's a Although, win-win for the Dolphins. If we lose if we lose this week, then you got to root for the Chiefs because you want to keep your lead in the FC East healthy. So then that week 18 game doesn't really matter. So next week that'll be an interesting conversation. Let's make sure we win this week and take care of our own business but that's gonna be an interesting one next week magic numbers four let's start chipping away at it here's the deal mike we we win we win the next two games and the bills lose against the chiefs we're sitting there at hard rock stadium against the new york jets oh the jets and all we have to do is beat the jets and we are afc east champions and there's nothing more that i would love than to be sitting there in miami and i will get i will get a i'm not going to say it because i'll jinx and people will say i jinx but I will be prepared for that to happen because it will. It has been a very. I'm long telling time you right now, been. there'd be nothing better than on Christmas Eve if we've already clinched the AFC East and that game's just a big party at that point, and it would be. 
Um, and also Rich Eisen, go screw. We Dolphins sell tickets. I know back in the day they might have had trouble. The past few years, the Dolphins pack Hard Rock Stadium. Rich Eisen, that's another rant I should do. Go screw you. <laughs> Next I know week. you're, Next you're a little pissed off. Little pissed off that your little Jets lost this week and were embarrassed with the pick six on the Hail Mary. I get it. But the two things you said, oh, two is gonna have to use a silent snap count at home. Go screw. You're such a you and Fitzpatrick. Go take a long walk off a short bridge. Um <laughs> I, I'm done with Rich Eisen, too. That was <laughs> Dolphins fans show up. They don't show up for games. And then he goes, Well, I don't know their attendance. Then why'd you say it? Then why'd you say it? But, anyways, yeah, there'd be nothing better to either be have the FCH clinched. On Christmas Eve, or if the Dolphins beat the Cowboys and clinch, and they give their fans, a, especially how Christmas game went last year, this Christmas Eve to give their fans a holiday gift to clinch the AFC East with a home win over the stinking Cowboys. Awesome. So either way, nice. that'd be great. So don't stub our toe against stinking Washington. Um, that would stink. So everyone, as I said, Toys for Tots feeding South Florida. I will tweet out the link. Ian's probably going to retweet it if he hasn't already. Uh, we don't see the money. Go straight to them. Help get toys for kids at christmas and help families that you know need a helping hand get a nice holiday meal check that out dolphinstalk.com go to the website dolphinstalk.com bunch of new articles podcasts videos great video i have up on the website from pat mcafee show where they spoke about the dolphins um what they've seen on hard knocks and how they are if you think all i'm in on mcdaniel pat, McAfee, love McDaniel. pat mcafee show are all in on mike mcdaniel um yep. and stuff so watch that video and also like i said wherever you listen to this podcast subscribe and on Apple, five-star rating, positive comment. We'll give you a shout-out on the air like I did at the top of the show for one of our great listeners. Everyone have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again after a while. Um, more shows coming this week, so be on the lookout for that. And, Ian, don't forget, we must put an end to highway profanity. Fins up, everybody. Magic number is four. Let's get it. Thank you for listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast. Be sure to visit DolphinsTalk.com every day for all of your latest Miami Dolphins news.